Hey everyone, welcome to episode 3 of season number 2 of Musicians for Mental Health. On this podcast, we speak with musicians about mental health openly and honestly without the veil of lyrics. We are not mental health professionals, we are not licensed therapists or counselors, we are people that have our own personal experiences with mental health and want to shed light on these things. On this episode, I have an incredible conversation with Emma Perido, who is an artist that's pretty local to me. Um, she's based out of the Indianapolis area. I'm about an hour north of that. Um, and, you know, musically, she's got like this kind of dark pop, synth pop uh, sound that she's doing, a little bit of rock. Um, it's a really cool blend of, of genres that I definitely think you guys need to check out. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to, to come on to this podcast because we had spoken previously on the other podcast, the You Make the Scene podcast, and touched on some topics uh, within her music. And I just think it's important um, to provide a, a perspective for everyone, right? You know, I've talked a lot about trying to be as inclusive as I can and um, have as many viewpoints as we possibly can. And Emma brings an amazing perspective and an amazing uh, viewpoint and angle that she's coming at things from. And, you know, we talk about a lot of things in this episode. So definitely want you guys to um, take time and focus on the episode and really listen to the words and, and let things sink in. Um, some of the topics that, that we discuss are anxiety, depression, um, trying to find purpose, uh, especially, you know, through the COVID years where it felt like for a lot of people that maybe, maybe what they thought they were doing in life wasn't what they were supposed to do anymore or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I think this conversation is going to be really good for a lot of people to hear. Uh, there's a lot of, again, really cool perspective that Emma brings to the table. And yeah, I'm just really excited to bring this to you. I'm super grateful for her taking the time and being excited and wanting to be a part of this project. And, you know, I think it's, um, a great opportunity to allow people from different walks of life to use their voice and let people see them as they are. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's been a lot of fun for me. So let's just dive into this conversation. Uh, I know that's kind of a long intro, but let's dive into this conversation with Emma Perido. Cool. Um, so to kick off, we'll do kind of the same boring ass intro that we did on the other one. Who are you and why are we having this conversation? Yeah. So I am Emma Perido. I am a, uh, electro pop rock artist from Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. And why we're doing this is 
because a huge part of my a huge part of my platform and my reason for even doing music in the first place is because I want to be vulnerable and I want to, you know, share my life experiences and document them in an art form that other people can then relate to. And I think doing things like this and, and, you know, art is art. It can be taken under interpretation. And I, I kind of like doing podcast interviews and stuff too, because I never really get to like talk about (laughs) this stuff I'm always like singing in this like poetic kind of vague way so I'm definitely excited to get into this I think it's really important and I love that you're doing this um just having you know musicians people in general who are more you know who are, are willing to like be open about this stuff like you know it's becoming so much more normalized versus like a taboo thing and that's like so so important because mental health is something we all deal with and we all have to take care of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, the kind of the tagline when I send requests out to PR teams and stuff to your point with the musicians are extremely comfortable and used to singing about it or, you know, putting these metaphors and these vague covers over everything and that was kind of the inspiration for the podcast is like, let's, let's take some of that away. Like let's not have a misinterpretation of lyrics or, you know, whatever. Let's talk about like what drives you. And, and, you know, to your point too, I think part of it for me is, you know, growing up, I'm 37 years old and growing up, it was be a man, you know, you don't show emotion, like man up, do whatever. And it's like, but we all fucking feel stuff. So like, why are we so scared as a society to talk about what we go through? And I just want that door to be much further open than what it is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's kind, it's kind of come a long way, but it's got a long way left to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's come a long way, but when you started at zero, you know, like yeah. you're nowhere really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, like you said, a lot of your, your music is, is mental health oriented in the sense that you tell your stories. And while you may not specifically, you know, talk about any of the quote unquote triggering um, situations, whether that's directly tied to suicide or depression. Like there's obviously elements of that because we're all human. We've experienced things. So for you, like coming through life, um, you know, to the point that you're at now, um, which is still much younger than me, but, you know, obviously you've already started your, your mental health journey. You know, when did that kind of light bulb go off that maybe there is something here that I need to do some damage control around or that, you know, has affected me and I need to figure out who I am? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question because I remember feeling, you know, having periods of time where I felt like pretty rough all the way back to like probably the time I was like starting high school, you know, but I think because because maybe it was more taboo or I just didn't know, I didn't have the maturity maybe at the time to like express exactly what was going on. Like 
I, f- I think I just thought that like, it was like, quote unquote, like normal, you know what right. I mean? Like the way I was feeling was like, oh yeah, everyone feels this way. And I think it was probably later in like the middle of college or like early college where I was like, wait, uh, I don't think other people have this problem. <laughs> so, and it's interesting because like, and I mean, I know this is, this is probably the case for many people, but it's been anxiety, really bad anxiety and like panic attacks, you know, all that sort of stuff at times and during, in, during, you know, uh, phases of that. And then sometimes it's like, you know, really bad depression where like you, you're like struggling to get out of bed or like do the things that you even care about and like the things you want to do, but you just don't have like the motivation, you know? Um, or like you're, you're not getting the same like fulfillment that you should be out of things. So it's been interesting that like, you know, navigating that too, because, you know, I would say, interestingly, pre-pandemic, most of my like mental health struggles were more on the like anxiety and panic attack front. And then during the pandemic, obviously there was, there was a lot of uncertainty and, you know, some, some moments of that. But it it got that was kind of the first time that I fell into like a depression was during the pandemic. And I don't necessarily think I was expecting that. Like, you know, I didn't really see that coming, but it it got it definitely got uh, you just you know, you're there once you, you get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, the the thing that you said that was funny to me because it reminded me of a meme um, was you got to a point where like you realized, Oh, most people don't necessarily deal with this. I saw a meme the other day where it's like the little comic book strip style. And it was a guy asking if everything was okay to this other guy. And he's like, well, I guess it depends on what you mean. And the other guy responds. Yeah. You know, people that are okay. Don't have to put that much thought into this. It's a simple yes or no question. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's really how it feels when you're on, you know, our side of a mental health journey, you know, are you okay? Well, I mean, if you, if you mean that I'm safe, yes, I I'm not planning on doing anything, but am Mm -hmm. I okay? Not really. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with anxiety or I've, especially through the pandemic where people kind of got stuck with their thoughts and that wasn't great for everybody. You know, like you can't go out a lot of people had to work from home. You can't go out. You can't go to concerts to get a release or whatever. Like, so now I'm stuck at home with these intrusive thoughts or in the environment that's making me not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely like a phenomenon. You know what I mean? Like we've never in our lifetime had, you know, for a lot of reasons other than just mental health, you know, of course, but like, it's crazy. Like we have never had, and we'll never have to, you know, knock on wood, have another time of our lives where it's like, literally you can't leave your house. Like, well, I mean, if you do, you're like kind of an asshole, you know what I mean? Like you should, you should really stay home. And it was just like, yeah, it was so surprising. Like just 
and maybe this was in part like not being able to be around like family and friends and you know loved ones and stuff as much and just more time like alone and isolated with those thoughts like you said like I think all of those things just they just pile up over time you know one second my network decided to start having an issue so i'm going to switch over to my hotspot real quick bear with okay me. cool yeah you froze up a little bit while you were talking before oh am i there back you <laughs> yeah you're back you're yeah. back okay yeah zoom was really slow on that um no i think you're you're absolutely right though it's something that you know we've never really as a society had to go through before and I, like you said hopefully never again and I just don't think anyone was prepared for like how serious this was. Obviously on the global, you know, regular medical health side of things, right. but the mental health side, like, I don't think anybody could have predicted that obviously like, oh, we're going to be home for two weeks, not a big deal. But then it turned into two years and it's like, oh my God, like this was really heavy for people. And I think people making previously dealt with or hadn't really experienced their mental health in fashion were kind of forced to start looking at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was just like an insane amount of uncertainty and like stress and just, you know, being a musician as well. It's like, getting out there and playing shows is like the thing that we all pretty much live for. Like that's, that's right. our thing, you know? And so not having feeling like that was like literally the rug was like pulled from underneath you. I remember I had a show the Saturday before we shut like the world shut down on like that Wednesday. So it was like quite literally the rug pulled from under you and just like no inclination for a long time of when things would be quote unquote back to normal, which was really, really hard dealing with that uncertainty. And like, for me, you know, triggered a lot of thoughts of like, okay, like if being an artist is the thing that I feel like is my purpose in the world and I kind of can't do that right now, then what's even the purpose anymore? You know? That was like yeah. the thought progression is like, what am I even doing here? If like, if I can't do the thing that feels like I'm here to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, an interesting perspective too, where it really showed, like for me, I ended up going through a job transition last year, you know, quote unquote, mid pandemic. And like, I, it was one of those things I realized I was getting burnt out at my job, like boy, what I was doing and things like that. So like it forced me into this uncomfortable space. And from that, I was able to grow. And I think a lot of people were, but like you said, I think it, you know, when it's a musician or any profession, really, I mean, when you go, Oh shit, the one thing I feel like I'm here to do, I can't do. So what, you know, who am I without this one thing? And like, not that music's your only, you know, personality trait or anything like that. Yeah, like yeah. That's not your whole persona. But like, when you take away the, the key thing, that's like, this is my expression. This is my way of connecting with people. This is my purpose. 
okay, so what do I do when I can't do that? Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly like what it was. And I like struggled with that for, you know, many months and like sort of up until recently, because, you know, things only just kind of started to look promising for like, you know, this sense of normalcy or just things being, you know, with everyone like vaccinated who wants to get vaccinated, it's like, okay, we can go about our business now, you know, only within the last like few months that I've kind of started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But like, because of that, because of all of that and thinking, okay, this is what I feel like my purpose is here on this earth to do is like create and connect with people over this music. And I, I feel like I can't do that right now because of the world circumstances or like whatever it was is like, I really had to like grapple with just, just the logical questions you ask yourself after that, like, okay, so what if this did get taken away? Like not for, you know, uh, an undefined temporary time frame, but like, what if this did get taken away? Like I really had to come to terms with like, I can't make my whole identity and my whole reason for being, you know, into this one thing. There has to be more for me. And like, I guess what it came down to was like my value as a human being can't be, I can't put all of that into, you know, art and being an artist and, and all of that. Like there has to be some intrinsic value in like me just existing and like living the human experience and, you know, all these like beautiful moments, like seeing a sunset or picking a flower, like just the simple things that like make life worth living, you know, like I really had to like get back to the basics and just be like, that's, we're all here to just experience life. And like, you know, it sounds super corny, but it was like a really hard place to get to is just like, yeah, like that's enough, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like, it's going to sound super cliche, but it's amazing how little we need to truly be happy if we allow ourselves to, to do that and to experience, like you said, if you go out and, and look at, especially we're biased because we're in the Midwest, but Midwest sunsets are something else, you know, like a sunset over a lake or an ocean's cool, but you get a, a nice Midwest sunset with the fucking pink candy cotton you know, mm-hmm. cotton candy, uh, clouds and shit. Like you can't beat it when you really stop and look at it. And yeah. it's one of those things you, like you said, you have to allow yourself that, that grace or that opportunity to say, this is enough. Like in this moment, this is enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Like it's a huge realization and it seems so obvious. Like once you have that sort of like epiphany moment where it all clicks and it's like, oh, like there's seven plus billion people on this planet and we're all just here to, to experience these moments and like experience life and emotion and relationships. And like, we're all just here for that, that journey. It's like, that's, that's the purpose. Like, that's the reason it doesn't have to be this you know, big grandiose thing in my head of, oh, I'm going to change the world or whatever it was. It's like, no, like I, life is worth living just to experience it, you know, and just have those beautiful little moments, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
but let's tie this into a little bit with with like your anxiety and and panic attacks. So, you know, knowing that at the time, obviously we thought it was going to be a much shorter temporary thing, but like, how does that manifest to you as that progressed with, okay, it's not been two weeks, it's now two months and okay, it's been two months, but now it's six months. What was that like? And and where's that manifestation come from? Yeah. It's interesting. It started more so as like anxiety and just like a lot of spiraling into like rabbit holes. You know what I mean? That's how the anxiety Mm -hmm. thing usually went for me is like, you know, getting on these, what if questions, what if this never ends? What if my music career is over? What if I can't come back from this? You know, just all this stuff. Yeah. Or like, what if I never find another purpose in my life? What if I can't, you know what I mean? Just like those questions and just spiraling. Um, It started with a lot of that. And after a few months and like probably into like the winter going into the winter of 2020 to 2021 was like, that's when it started to get really dark and like a feeling of like hopelessness. Because at that point I feel like the end was nowhere in like insight you know what i mean like we were that was very much in the thick of it like no no announcements of when a vaccine was going to be out of when things would be back to normal and you know you if you would look online it would be like scientists say it's going to be 2024 and it's like all this crazy stuff and so at that point that winter is when it it went from like the, the anxiety and the what if questions and the spiraling to just like a feeling of hopelessness like you know this this sucks and i don't know when it's going to not suck anymore you know yeah yeah no and i i think i was right around the ballpark the same time for like one of my bad depression bouts because like you said it was okay the end is nowhere in sight but then it was the analogy that i've used is like trying to walk through a tunnel like you're driving your car through a tunnel right and like okay I know that there's an end ahead or an exit to this ahead, but at some point you, you can't see that. And then you turn around and you can't see where you came from either. And now mm-hmm. you're going, well, shit, like I'm stuck, you know, where am I? Um, or like walking into the woods or something, you know, like, okay, I know where I came from, but at a certain point you turn around and you're like, hmm, shit, where's this trail go? Like, where did I, you know, where, Where's it start or where's it end? Um, And I think that's how it was for me too, where like a little bit of the what if questions, obviously with the music journalism, like I could still do these via Zoom, like we've done and everything, which is great. But at the same time, there were, you know, obviously all the musicians were at home, but like, what do you talk about? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to promote new music because you don't know when you can release it. You don't necessarily want to talk about old music because you can't go play it. Like, so now we're stuck in this weird limbo of, well, I'm trying to write or, you know, I'm trying to to use music as therapy and stuff like that. Um, and it just, it was such a bizarre time. And then, like you said, seeing reports of like, well, it's going to be 2024. It's going to be, you know, even with the vaccine, you're going to have to do booster shots every six months or whatever it ends up being. It's like, holy shit. Like what kind of world it, it felt like a movie. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a real thing. This is a movie. And 
at some point the robots, you know, Skynet's going to activate and we're all just screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, and the, you know, one of the what if questions, and I'm glad you said this about like looking behind you and not like even remembering where you came from is like one of the scary what if questions for me was like, what if I never, like, what if my life is never that good again? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. what if the best days of my life are behind me or whatever, you know, it's kind of dramatic to yeah. like say that out loud, but when it's in your head, it feels very like real and scary. And like, you know, it's, I think even now, like there are some days where I think of like, what if the world is just like completely different now? What if, you know, and yeah. it, it very well might be, but it's like, you know, you just, you just keep going <laughs> and you just yeah. keep figuring it out, I guess. Um, but yeah, I was glad that you said that. Cause that was one of the questions too. It was just like, you know, this like longing for the way things were, was really hard too. Yeah. And I think especially even now, as, as things have kind of started opening up, it's like, you know, live music's back. Yeah, it is but it doesn't feel the same yet. You know, like mm -hmm. it's exciting because it's fun and everything, but there's still that in the back of a lot of people's heads that, okay, but is this, is this really back or, you know, what repercussions come from us getting together and having these events, you know, does something else like with this? Um, and it, it gets to be, you know, for overthinkers like myself and you, it gets to be super heavy, super fast when you start going, oh shit. So yeah, you know, we did this big gathering and now, now I've got a little bit of an itchy throat. Like, did I pick yeah. something up? Like what's happening? How many people got sick or whatever? And then it just, like you said, it spirals into these rabbit holes of, did I just make a big fucking mistake by mm -hmm. trying to enjoy life? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an element of guilt right now. Like, you know, guilt for like, I went to South by Southwest recently Yeah, and like, there was definitely a thought in the back of my, and I didn't wear a mask at all, like at any of the shows or anything. Nobody was though. Right. And it was just like this thought in the back of my head, like, Oh shit. Like, am I part of the problem right now? Because I'm fully vaccinated and boosted and I'm here, you know, I showed my vax card to get my badge and everything. And so did everybody else. But like, still, that's not a guarantee. And like, you know, just a lot of guilt, you know, right now with, and that doesn't help is my point. Like that doesn't help any yeah. of the, any of the other shit going on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so let's kind of jump back a little bit in your story with, you know, going through college and, and discovering, um, maybe not discovering, but finally addressing some of the, the trauma and the, the mental health aspects with the anxiety and panic attacks. Obviously at first glance, everybody's going to say, well, it's college. You're supposed to feel anxious. You're supposed to be stressed out. And while that may be true to some extent, there's a lot more to it when you're actually dealing with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's, there's a difference, I think, between feeling anxious about something and having like a chronic diagnosable anxiety disorder, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, like, I do think that's true. Everyone gets anxious about a test or, you know, what, whatever, like life situations in college, like a breakup or something, but like, right. but 
that's different than, you know, sitting there eating your lunch and out of nowhere going into like a complete like random panic attack that you can't even, you couldn't even say why it's happening. You're just, you know, that you're freaking out and like, you feel like you can't breathe, like you can't get a breath in and you feel like you, you know, you start like shaking and you're just freaking out. It's like, for what, like for what, you know what I mean? Like that's not normal. And that's not, that's super uncomfortable. And that's not like something that anyone should have to deal with. Like that sucks. You know what I mean? And when it gets to that point, it's like, that's when that was for me, the point when I started having that just random ass panic attacks over no particular reason, it would be things like this. It would be like, it would be like, I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly and I've eaten peanut butter for all 20, however many years at that point of my life. But for some reason I convinced myself in that moment that I'm having an anaphylactic reaction to peanut butter. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's not normal. You know what I mean? Like I have had peanut butter since I was a child, you know? And so it would be like, I get a little tickle in my throat and I, I just go off the rails. And so when that sort of stuff started happening for me, I was like, okay, this isn't normal anymore. Like this is not normal college stress, whatever. And that was when, you know, I saw after things like therapy and medication and all that, all that stuff that you do. And it's been like, it's been really helpful having, having therapy and, you know, seeking the help that, that I needed. And I think everyone should see a therapist just regardless, just to talk about life. Right. It's nice having an outside perspective, but you know, like for me, it was at the time it was very like intentional therapy. I did like CBT. And so And that's cognitive behavioral therapy for the people listening that don't know. And that's basically like when a thought like that comes into your mind and you start having, you know, a reaction in your body to take steps that are outlined in the behavioral therapy to like mitigate that. And that helps so much, you know, and just medication, all the, all the coping mechanisms that you use, like they all help and they're all, you know, there for a reason. But yeah, that was the point that I was like, okay, I need, I need help with this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you said that I try to, I don't soapbox very often, but one of my big soapbox points is the power of words. And like one of my biggest pet peeves is somebody, especially on social media, somebody will, you know, post, I got a flat tire. I'm so fucking depressed. And it's like, "Mm, that's not depression. Like stop using the word for things that it isn't because that's just downplaying the severity when somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I'm depressed. Oh, okay. You fail a test and you just wash it off. But 98% of the time, I don't know. I've made that number up, but like for someone that's actually depressed or actually has, like you said, a diagnosable anxiety disorder for you to minimize me by just using the word freely is so disheartening because now when I try to talk about it immediately, people are like, oh, it's not a big deal. He just means that he's upset about something. No, I mean that I'm fucking depressed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like people do that with like they use the word like anxiety a lot they kind of throw it around and it's like you know if it's legit then fine 
and you know good that they're being open about it but yeah if it's if it's not it's kind of like hmm, maybe there's other words you could <laughs> like right. you could say i'm really nervous about this or i'm really stressed about this not like i have anxiety over this it's like well i don't know you know yeah no and i i think obviously there's some validity to it in both fashions but like right. for me like okay i have anxiety over taking tests well, that may be if it's a chronic thing. Every time that you take a test, you get anxious. Okay, there's there's something there that's triggering you. But if you just say, "Oh, I have anxiety about, you know, pumping my gas," like, do you really believe your car is going to blow up or something? Like, where is this something you need to address, or do you just not like to do this thing, or you get scared about, you know, something basic? It's like you said earlier, everyone can get anxious about something mm -hmm. and anxious is different than anxiety in yeah. my mind. You know, I, yeah. I can yeah. be anxious or nervous, but anxiety is, I almost can't function because of yeah. the thing. Yeah. That's a great way to put it is like, yeah, feeling anxious is different than having anxiety, you know? Yeah. Anxiety is chronic and like debilitating, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. And especially when it gets, you know, everything has different levels. Like you said, you, you went from anxiety to panic attacks and like, that's an increased level and it can be caused by either the thing that you're anxious about or another outside source. But like, again, people all the time, more often than it should, I I'll put it that way, I guess. But, you know, oh, I'm having a panic attack about this. Like, really? Your heart rate's increased. You can't breathe. You can't mm -hmm. take a step. You know what I mean? Like, it's really shut you down or you're just in your own head going, this is nerve, you know, makes me nervous and I don't want to do it. So I'm going to say it's a panic attack. Like, yeah. again, there's a big difference here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So with uh, the therapy side of things, because... I agree. I think, I think especially the society or the generation that I grew up in makes me sound so fucking old. Uh, <laughs> the generation I grew up in coming through my space, seeing the formation of Facebook, all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of people that self-diagnose. And I think that is one of the most harmful things that can, can be there because it's so easy to say, Oh, I've got depression. I've got anxiety, but again, without professional help to know what's causing those things, is it really there or have you talked yourself into this reaction? Yeah, it's been, it's super weird. I feel like there was a point in like the last maybe five to seven years where like having some kind of mental illness became like cool in a way. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. It was like, super trendy for a bit and I don't understand why. <laughs> and it's, that was, I remember being like very, um, like offended by that. It's like, yeah. man, like all, all these people are like watching these, you know, TV shows or movies or whatever that portray this and maybe glamorize it a little bit. And they're thinking, oh, well, you know, all these these like all hot people have mental illness or whatever, you know, whatever it was, it was like, okay. yeah. that's like pretty 
not that's pretty uncool <laughs> yeah no i i totally agree and like the 13 reasons why it got announced for netflix i was like oh finally they're gonna bring to light some issues like i was i was really excited for it because i thought initially this is going to be kind of the the reality side of it is what i was hopeful for mm-hmm. i watched the first season i'm like eh, it's kind of there but you know we'll see what season two does and then season two i'm just like no you just wanted to glamorize it like you said it, you're you're clearly just profiting off of mental health. And to me, that's super fucked up. Um, and like that show you where he's a stalker and shit, like, why are we glamorizing this stuff? Like there's severe issues with this. And like, especially in the society that we live in today, I feel like people are so attached to different medias, whether it's, you know, TV shows, social media, whatever. And they let that consume them. So, you know, I know I saw some people in, in my friend circle, um, that watched 13 reasons why and watched, you know, every season of it. And I could see, you know, shifts in their personality. And I'm like, but is it because it brought something out of you or, is it that you're thinking that that's the way that this should, that, that you would be cool? Like you said, all, all hot people have some sort of mental injury or mental illness. And it's like, mm, do they though? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I feel like around the time that like those things were starting to come out, which I mean, has been like five years now, I think, or mm-hmm. maybe more, which is kind of wild also, but like, I feel like that was kind of around the time where I started seeing more of this stuff, like, you know, young, young teenagers being like, you know, just, just, just buying into this like narrative or whatever that it is, you know, cool or glamorized or whatever. And, you know, it's like, it's a slippery slope because it's like the shows, you know, I do think portraying mental health, issues and mental illness and things if you do it in the right way is really like impactful and important but it's a really fine line between between appreciating it and educating people and just like exploiting it you know and that's tough like it's tough I feel like one of the shows that I've really liked recently is euphoria because I feel like it doesn't necessarily, I feel like they're, that show is doing a much better job of like not glamorizing addiction and being like, this is scary and tears relationships apart. And, you know, just a much more realistic to like depiction of what that's like for relationships and people and families and like, but also then at the same time you see Rue and she's like, like you, we all love Rue and you have that, that flip side of the coin where it's like, yes, she's an addict, but she also is like worthy and deserving of love. You know what I mean? So that's like, it's like things like that, like give me hope for portraying things in a way where they can be received right and not like contribute to this, like glamorization or exploitation of mental illness but in a way where we can all see it and appreciate it and take 
away value from that, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's kind of my view on it too, is I'm all for bringing to light the issues and putting them out there for mainstream consumption, but in a way that's respectful and responsible to, to everyone where, you know, like I said, it, I think it's, you said it's a slippery slope because it's, it's still Hollywood, right? You know, it's still mainstream media. So there has to be some sort of monetization of it and things like that. It has to be marketable. Yeah. We both get that because we're both in marketing. Like, yeah, we, we understand that. But at the same time, there there has to be a responsibility to not make it a not make it a identity point for people to try to adopt, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. show me this thing and show me the the factors that contribute to it or whatever, but don't show it in a light that that people are going to go, oh, well, you know, yeah, she's an addict, but this, this, and this, you know, like, but she is able to hide it from work. So I would be able to as well or whatever. And it's like, right. Now we're getting dangerous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I feel like out of these shows I've seen, just out of the ones that I've seen, I'm sure there's more out there that have done a great job with this, but out of the ones that I've seen that have been like super mainstream front and center, like Euphoria is one of the first that I've seen that has been like portraying things in a way where it's like, you know, it's not like, oh, she's she's an addict, but like, look how fun these parties look. You know right. what I mean? It's like, oh, she's an addict and like she overdosed and went to the hospital and this is scary. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, so, but then like, like I said, still portraying her as like a human being and and worthy of, you know, us caring about her as the audience. So that's one of the first times I've seen that done like really, really well. And I really hope to like continue to see more of that because- you know, it's, uh, it is tricky, but I think anything that can be done to like shed light on this stuff in a way that's not like exploiting it is, is going to be impactful, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, something that, that I think is important and, and clearly the way that you talk, it's important as well is, you know, whether it's addiction or, mental health and, and whatever the case may be, like at the end of the day, we're all human. Like we all deserve love. And I think the thing that is so frustrating and upsetting to see is, you know, so a little bit about a quick snippet of backstory for me, my brother was an addict for a while. Um, you know, he was an alcoholic for a long time. He got over that. Then he, unfortunately I got into some heavier drugs and stuff. And about four years ago, he committed suicide. And, you know, there were so many people that were like almost numb to it because, well, he was, you know, he was an addict. He battled addiction his, his whole life. And they just play it off. Like that, that, that was expected. You know what I mean? And I'm like, but, but he was still a fucking person. He was a brother. He was a dad. He was a husband. Like, just because someone is dealing with something does not take away their humanity. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's thanks for sharing that with me first of all, but it's, it's, and I have a similar, you know, losing a close family uh, friend to addiction as well. It's like people don't necessarily understand. People can are so like quick to judge. It's like, Oh, well, they were just an addict or they were, they were, you know, they had demons or whatever it is. It's like, why, why do you think that is? It's like, they were clearly a complicated human being with, with a problem and an issue. And they were, they were seeking a coping mechanism. And this was like extremely difficult, you know, and like, this is a very serious, you know, and delicate situation for so many people. And like, you know, I think that overarching theme of just, just having a little more like compassion for other people. Like, I think people can be so selfish and like, so like, I'm, I'm better than people or just like quick to judge what others are going through and say, Oh, that's not real. That's, you know, that's whatever. It's like, or like you have, you have issues or something. It's like, I think if we would all just like take the time to understand people and be sensitive to like, you know, like life is hard and human beings are fucking complicated. And like, this is, this is just part of life. And it's like, don't try and act like you don't have issues too. You know what I mean? It's like, let's just all give each other a little more like grace and understanding. Like to me, there's very few people in the world, the exception being like murderers, you know, child molesters, things like that, that are like, there's a very few and small number of people that I think are like really bad and, and not, and not worthy of like, of rehabilitation or helping them or caring about them. You know what I mean? So it's like, we could all just like open ourselves up a little bit more to be like understanding and just like and seek to understand, I think we would be so much like further along with all of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things you said in that was when people kind of shrug it off that, oh, you have demons or you have issues or whatever. And it's like, first off, the the demon thing always gets me because I'm not super religious by any means, but like, to me, that's such a religious thing. Like, oh, you have demons. And it's like, okay, but blind faith isn't going to fix this issue. Like there's something typically there's some sort of chemical imbalance. There's something that has caused this manifestation. Um, But like, you know, regardless of, I guess, tying back to the power of words, like, oh, well, you know, we, we don't talk to them. They have issues. Well, have you ever tried to figure out what their issues are? Were they abused as a child? Were they, you know, like has something happened to them to cause them to be the way that they are? Because maybe they've never had anybody in their life that said, hey, it's okay to fucking hurt. You know, it's okay to be anxious about that test. It's okay for these things to happen because like you said, it's life. People are fucking complicated. And I don't think enough people understand or have the, this is going to sound really mean, I think, but they don't have the emotional capacity or emotional intelligence 
to look at someone else and say, okay, but why are they that way? And why do they hurt? What can I do to help? You know, and speaking for myself and putting some words in your mouth, but I think you'll agree. People that are dealing with mental trauma, mental injury, mental illness, when they come to you, 90% of the time, they are not looking for you to fix their problem. They just Mm -hmm. need someone to hear their words and know that they're loved. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. And like, it takes a lot to do that. You know, like people, even myself at times, like don't always open up right away or, or seek the help they need when they need it. It's like a lot of times people are like afraid to be vulnerable like that. And so if someone comes to you, you know, or, or maybe they don't come to you, but maybe they have a crisis or something happens and you become aware of what they're going through. It's like, that's, that's hard to do, you know, is like, be, be putting yourself in a vulnerable state for people to know what's going on with you and potentially judge you, you know, or potentially help you or just listen or whatever they can do. It's like, that's, that's a really difficult thing to do. And like, especially because of the taboo that mental health has had for, I mean, up until very, very recently, it's like, I think even now, a lot of people still like, don't say anything, you know, or, or they just, they don't want to worry people or they don't want to do whatever they, they just keep it to themselves. It's like, you don't have to do that, (laughs) you know? Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that everybody has to like, if you're not in a place where you are comfortable listening or helping, or maybe, you know, it, for whatever reason, if it doesn't fit into your life, even if it's just because it's inconvenient for you, which is the worst bullshit excuse anybody can have, (laughs) that's fine. But when someone comes to you, just say like, I'm not in a position that I can handle this with you, but here's what I think maybe our next step should be. I know that so-and-so in our friend circle has dealt with something similar, or you know what I mean? Like, to just pass somebody off, don't leave them hanging, I guess is what I'm really getting at with that. Like it, it's one thing to just not respond or, you know, ghost them or whatever. But if you could tell them that, Hey, this isn't really my arena. Like I'm not good with this stuff, but I know Matt is willing to talk to you. Like he, he kind of knows what's going on a little better or even it sounds so stupid, but I swear to God, this happened in a part of my friend circle. A friend had confided in another that they were going through some stuff and said, like the friend that they confided in was like, look, I don't know how to help you with this, but if you'd like, I'll go sit with you somewhere so that you can talk to someone and have support while you talk to like, whether it's a therapist, whether it's another friend, like I will be there so that you're not alone, but I can't be the one to give the advice. And like, that was so powerful that they ended up going to therapy and, and getting the help that they needed. And it's like, why can't more people just take that two seconds and be like, 
it's not really my thing, but I can do this to support you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think a lot of this like progress that is yet to be made is things like this. And like, you know, just some of the other stuff we've been talking about too, like, you know, the media's portrayal of it and just like people, people doing things like that. And, and even just like individuals like you and like me being transparent about the struggles that we go through and, you know, the, the things that help us and maybe will help others. And it's like, those are the kinds of things that I think are going to make a difference in, in this whole thing, just continuing to progress forward in a way that's positive, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, with that as well, like the media portrayal and all of that, I think the more, the more open that we are, the more likely others are to be open to us. And again, by no stretch of the imagination, do we expect everyone to come out with whatever their quote unquote demons are or whatever, but Mm -hmm. to just be able to have a small circle, two or three people that you can go to and say, Hey, I'm having a shit day and I just need to go on a car ride, well, maybe not a car ride because gas is $4 a fucking gallon, but <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, let's go hang out and just chill, listen to music or whatever. Get me out of my head. If you really look at your friend circle and can identify those people, then I think the the key, something I did about a year ago now um, was exactly that. Like I looked at my friend circle literally I wrote down uh, on my phone, I typed out like who I consider my closest friends and I put notes next to certain ones. And I'm like, these are the people that I think if I was in a crisis, a mental health crisis, these are the ones that I, I could reach out to and I would feel comfortable. And then I won't lie. It was fucking nerve wracking, but I sent them a text and I was like, Hey, I just want you to know, like, if I'm in a crisis, you're somebody that I'm potentially going to reach out to. Is that a position that you're willing to take? And every one of them was like, absolutely. Yes. You know, I think more often than not, my point with that, I think is more often than not, you're going to find that people want to help you. They just don't know that you need the help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people, while they may not be like a licensed professional, like they don't need to be to be there for you and to want to help you in whatever way they can. It's yeah, there's, you know, people, not everyone's going to want to talk about this on like a big, you know, platform, like a podcast and go out, put that out into the world. But, (laughs) but everyone who like has these, these feelings should have at least one person or a couple people as a support system. Like that's, that's probably the best thing you could do if you're like just realizing like, okay, I'm not okay. And I I need like support is just something like you did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to the power of words and and things like that um, on the last season, I spoke with Mel Taven, who is a Korean American adoptee. um, And we talked about, 
plethora of things. It's literally like a two and a half hour long episode. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't expect anyone to listen to it in one shot, but it's super good if you go listen to it. But one of the things that she started doing, and I've been trying to do it more, is she stopped calling it mental illness and started referring to it as an injury. Mm. And the reason that she does that is she said, you know, an illness, immediately you think of a doctor and it's most likely terminal. It's something that I can't fix because you need medication, whatever. But if you think of it as an injury, well, if, if your neighbor broke their arm, you would go help them carry groceries. I can pick up the baggage for you for a minute, you know, like, so it, people are more likely, hopefully are more likely to be helpful to an injury. Oh, you twisted your ankle, you know, whatever it is, it's kind of the same thing. Just in our brains, shit gets heavy and we need somebody to, to help carry the load for a minute. Yeah. I like that. Maybe I'll adopt that as well. <laughs> Yeah. I, I thought it was super, when she told me it, I was like, holy shit. Like, because you, I mean, you do, you think of illness and the first thing you think of is a hospital. You think of, you know, doctors, nurses, whatever, mm-hmm. but injury, you're just like, okay, well, you know, I've twisted my ankle. I've fallen off my bike. Like, yeah, let's whatever. slap a cast on it and get, get on with it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's going to yeah. get better. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> I think that's everything I've got for you on, on this particular episode. We may be doing more of these, but um, <laughs> I guess for one of my focuses, it's such a cliche fucking question, but it, it's come out really well, I think, is that bullshit question of when you were, if you were to say something to your younger self, what would you say? And then the second part of that is I talk a lot about being trying to be the person that you needed when you were younger. And what does that look like? You know, when, when you were younger, who was the person that you needed? Yeah. Great questions. Um, I think in terms of what I would say to a younger version of myself is to not be so hard on myself and have un realistic expectations and that it's okay to, yes, of course we want to hold ourselves to a high standard, but it's okay to give yourself grace too. And just that, you know, the most important thing, and I kind of talked about this earlier, but the most important thing and the reason for being here is just to be here and that I have intrinsic value. I don't have to accomplish a certain goal or something like that to like have a life that's like worth living. You know, it's the sunsets, like we talked about, it's the Midwest sunsets and the, you know, playing with your cat or whatever the thing is that brings you like those little moments of joy. Like that's, that's the stuff that it's, it's really all about. And like, we're, we're all just here to experience life and live out the human experience. So I think that would be what I would tell myself is just to do that and give myself some grace and, and, you know, just be more gentle with myself, not so, so hard on myself or, or all of that. Um, and then, in terms of being the person that I 
would have needed when I was younger. I think what I needed was somebody to just tell me that it didn't have to be that way. You know, I needed somebody to not downplay what was going on. You know, oh, that's normal. No, everyone feels that way. Everyone gets stressed or, you know, whatever. It's like the extent to which you're feeling this way and the way that it's affecting your day to day is like not something you have to live with. So I, I would be the person to not downplay or minimize what was going on, but to say, you know, you should, you should look into that, you know? And because I think I would have saved myself many hours of inner turmoil if I had known earlier that something deeper was going on and that it didn't have to be, I didn't have to just, just push through it. I, there was ways to, to mitigate some of the, you know, the struggle. So that's, that's what I would have been is like the person to, to really uh, listen and validate it and encourage my younger self to seek help sooner. Yeah, no. And I, I love that. That was an awesome answer. And I think that for anyone that, so we've said it a lot and I think a lot of people say it, you know, giving, giving ourselves grace, things like that. Um, you talked about intrinsic value, not through an external source. Like it's obviously a very hard thing. Um, and it's, it's going to take time and, and work. But when we talk about people being worthy of love, you should love yourself unconditionally as well. Like you're, you shouldn't just love yourself on the days that things are going great and you get the promotion at work or whatever, like love yourself through the hard times too. And maybe more so through the hard times, because that's when it's easiest to go, well, nobody else cares. Mm -hmm. Cool. But, but I care about myself enough to carry forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's become such like a thing in, in just like culture to be like, oh, I constantly need to have more or be more or be better or whatever to be for myself to be, to be, you know, worthy, you know, like so much of our self-worth comes from like, from not liking who we are right now and wanting to be a better version of this. You know what I mean? But why, like, why is that? Why am I supposed to, it's all, you know, it's all great. Like, you should love yourself now and any self-improvement should just be in addition to already loving who you are and wanting to make yourself even more badass. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No. And I, I think that's, that's perfectly said because, you know, like you said, it's, it feels like for whatever reason, thanks to society, we're constantly chasing that better version of ourselves. But at some point, like if you're not okay with, who you are currently, like, it's okay to want to self-improve and, and things like that. But like, if you don't love yourself in this moment, then why would you love yourself enough to make that step? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so taking care of yourself now and loving yourself now is going to help you become that better version. That's going to get more successful. That's going to do these incredible things and, and change the world or whatever. 
But if you don't love yourself in this moment, you can't make those steps to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. It Any journey of self-improvement that you're on shouldn't be because you're not enough. It should be because you're more than enough and you want to be more than that even, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I have absolutely enjoyed our time, Emma. Um, so <laughs> like I said, we're probably going to end up doing more of these, but um, I guess kind of the standard outro um, is obviously I want you to promote your music and stuff. Cause after all you are still a musician and that's what this is for. Yeah. Uh, but number two, kind of tying into that last question with, you know, what would you tell yourself and what would, or who would you want to be for yourself? What is something that you want to tell listeners slash fans that about mental health, you know, like I think, and maybe this is going to be your answer. I don't know. The, the amount of downplay that therapy gets is absolutely ridiculous. Like it's okay to go to therapy. And I think that's something that so many people assume like, or they've got that negative connotation in their head of, well, but if I go to therapy, that means I do have a problem and this is a bad thing or whatever. And that's not the fucking case. So mm -hmm. stop thinking that way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Should I do my spiel? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is, I love that you're doing this and I'm honored to be a part of it. Um, and yeah, listeners can find me um, on all social media platforms. I'm on all that stuff, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that stuff. It's all the same username. It, it's uh, at it's Emma Perido, and that's P-E-R-I-D-O-T. Um, I'm playing some shows around the Midwest this summer. Um, so catch up with me on social media, see if I'm coming around near you. Um, and I think my, my parting words of wisdom, if you want to call them that, or just my two cents, um, is that it's absolutely normal to be experiencing, you know, whatever you're, whatever you may be experiencing. There's seven plus billion people in this world and there's plenty who are going through what you're going through too. So you don't need to feel alone. And maybe you haven't opened up to anyone about it, or you, you know, you've just been dealing with stuff internally and you're, you're looking for answers. And I think a great place to start is doing something like what Josh said, you know, reaching out to a few close friends, tell them what's going on, just open up, even though it may be scary. Um, because you don't have to go through this all inside your head. You can lean on people and, you know, maybe it's not a friend that you want to turn to. Maybe it's a professional, a medical professional, therapist, a counselor, whatever it may be. Like you don't have to feel like this every day. You don't have to go through this pain and just keep it all inside your head. And it doesn't have to be this way. It a hundred percent can get better. All you have to do is take the first step. Awesome. I so appreciate your time. Uh, I am looking at your tour dates because we're going to go to a show in 
nice. do photography and all that, obviously. Yay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, again, I really appreciate you being transparent and, and open. And like we said, kind of at the beginning, like the more these conversations happen with the more people that they happen with the, I don't want to say necessarily that the easier life gets because life is intrinsically hard. Uh, but the less of a stress it has to be, you know, when you have people around you to help support things get easier, you can call on these people to help you through, you know, again, going back to the mental injury thing, super quick. If you broke down in your car, you're going to call somebody for help. Mm -hmm. So when you break down in your mind, why would you not call somebody for help? Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this will be going up. I have to pull up my calendar. Give me one second. Um, this goes live on June the 6th. So you will be my Perfect. third episode and it will be the first one of the June series. So, um, Love it. yeah, so, so thankful for you doing this. And like I said, definitely, uh, excited for the tour. So we'll see what's going on. Yeah. I've got, uh, this, this is like very much on the DL. I'm not supposed yeah. to announce this it's or anything yet. We'll cut this but, out. No problem. <laughs> okay. Um, I am playing uh, Indie Pride main stage, which awesome. is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, when, it, when is that? Uh, the 11th of June. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that might be a good one. I will definitely. I'm putting it on the calendar right now. Awesome. Um, yeah. I don't have like set times or anything. Yeah. Like no, that no. That's yet. totally fine. Um, I can definitely keep you in the loop. Yes. Uh, there'll be other indie shows as well, obviously too, because yeah. I'm always around here, but right. um, yeah, thank you so much. Like this is, you know, I really enjoy our conversations and I think it's so cool what you're doing. And, you know, I am just, I'm just happy and like feel sort of, I just feel grateful to like be a part of, you know, progress in this right space. So yeah. thank you again. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Emma. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I know again, I definitely did huge shout out to her for taking the time to have this conversation. Um, definitely think that it's going to be impactful for a lot of people and you know i'm absolutely willing to have her back on the show and um you know if that's something you guys want definitely let us know let emma know let me know uh if there's a certain area that you want us to focus on let us know um but yeah you need to go check out emma's music as well uh you can find her on any streaming platform uh, YouTube, Facebook, you know, we'll link all the social medias as well. Um, but just go search Emma Perido, P-E-R-I-D-O-T, and, you know, check out the music. She's got new stuff that she's just recently released. Uh, she's got upcoming shows and all sorts of stuff. She's being super, super busy. So uh, love that for her and excited to see where things go. But, um, you know, I think this is a an artist that is a on the rise and b is delivering a message that is relatable to a lot of people and that 
you know, it's a message that a lot of people need to hear and, and honestly that they want to hear. Um, you know, there's nothing that anyone really wants more than to feel like they're not alone or that they're not fighting uh, a battle that nobody understands or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it, it's very refreshing to see the vulnerability, the openness, the the level of security. And I know that sounds weird, but like the level of security that she has with herself to be able to talk about these these subjects and these topics. Um, it's just, it's, again, incredible for me, and I'm so glad she wanted to be a part of this project. So be sure, go show her some love, follow her on Instagram or, or Facebook, you know, follow the social medias that we'll have linked in the description of the podcast, um, as well as, you know, comment and and go check her out at shows. Uh, if you're in the Indiana area, especially the Indianapolis area, uh, at the end of that conversation, if you're still listening to this, at the end of that conversation, you heard her say she is playing at Indie Pride. She will be on the main stage. And, you know, I think that'll be super cool. So you guys definitely need to try to get over and, and check that out. That will be uh, on june the 11th is when all that's slated to go down so that's everything i've got for you guys on this episode uh we have more artists that are joining the conversations um you know let us know on on instagram specifically because that's where i'm most active uh you know who you want us to try to get on the show who you'd like to hear from um and yeah let's you know try to make things happen these conversations only get easier when more of us are talking about these things. So um, I want to bring on as many voices as we can. That's everything, guys. Um, I hope to have some new merch for you soon. Um, and yeah, let's just do kind of the standard outro. And that's the simple reminder that you need to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.